Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely is, as always, Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm uh, very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Just enjoying my weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the weekend started. We're recording this very early on a Saturday morning. So, uh, yeah, up bright and early. I quite like early mornings, to be fair. I, I, I do quite like I early don't. mornings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you don't, but... Um, no, it is the weekend. It is the weekend, so uh, yeah, a bit of time off, bit of a bit of free time. Uh, but yeah, glad you're doing well, mate. Uh, we've got loads coming up in the show. Uh, we will uh, have a look back on Leeds United's last couple of games, including that seven-goal thriller uh, against Fulham. Uh, we've got plenty of news and transfer news uh, to go over uh, as well in this episode before we look ahead to your Leeds United's next game, which is uh, against uh, Yorkshire rival Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane this Sunday. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. Well, before we get into anything, we do need to start off this episode, uh, unfortunately, with some sad news uh, as former Leeds United defender Peter Hampton has sadly uh, passed away recently. Uh, We just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to his family and friends at this difficult time. Um, Well, Let's get into Leeds United's last couple of games then. Um, no, we will go into Leeds United's seven-goal thriller uh, against Fulham uh, very shortly, but we do just need to brush over that uh, incredibly disappointing uh, round two Garbao Cup tie against Hull City at Ellen Road. Uh, 1-1 after normal time, uh, and then Hull City ended up winning 9-8 on her penalties. And Leeds United are out of the uh, Carabao Cup. Now, uh, I did watch this game. Um, I spent £10 to watch the game. What a waste of money that was, spending £10 on on the game. Uh, because, it, yeah, it was such an awful game. Now, uh, granted, Bielsa did make 11 changes. And the majority of players in the starting 11 were the youth team players. Uh, but we still have the likes of Rodrigo, Tyler Roberts and Alioski playing. You know, we did put out a team that was good enough to beat uh, League One Hull City. But we were just woeful. We were just woeful, Charles, weren't we? Yeah, it, we just couldn't seem to get... I think Bielsa said it in the post-match, the team didn't gel together well. There was too much inexperience in that central area of the pitch um, with uh, with Davis and Casey there. It just didn't seem to be a constant weak spot, which obviously former Leeds player Malik Wilkes exploited quite a lot during the game, particularly in the first half. Douglas was playing as well. He, he had a few decent deliveries, but overall, you know, not spectacular. It was just not a very good game of football. We, we didn't really create much. We weren't really getting anywhere up the pitch and... Hull just seemed like they really wanted it more than we did. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I agree with you. I think, I think, yeah, the team just didn't gel together because there was too much experienced players and too many inexperienced players playing. And the inexperienced players as well were kind of out of position as well. You know, Bogush, he was playing defensive midfield when he's not a defensive midfielder, he's an attacking midfielder. And yeah, I, I just thought it was a you know a pretty poor team lineup, really. You know, I was expecting changes, but 11 changes, that was probably a bit too much, wasn't it, Charles? Yeah, I think that we, we kind of lost the cohesion in the team. It didn't really feel like at any point during the game that we were going to win it. And if we were going to win it, we didn't deserve it. I, I expected we were going we to lose 1-0 or more for the moment they scored. <laughs> I think um, so. I was incredibly surprised to see that we'd uh, scored a, a basically a last minute equaliser to take it to penalties. Yeah, yeah, but we, we we didn't we didn't deserve to go through. We didn't we didn't play well enough. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I was expecting us to lose even before Hull City went ahead, and Hull City went ahead on on five minutes. You know, before that they were they were creating loads of chances and and, and made a few clear cut chances. Very early on, Hull City were, were so good on, on, on the night and we were just, Leeds United were just woeful. But um, yeah, as I said, five minutes in, Hull City were 
one nil head, former Leeds United striker Malik Wilkes scoring at the cop end uh, after his shot was deflected. Poor defending here as Wilkes was giving way too much time on the ball, really. And then Kiko Xer here as well, giving the ball uh, away. So yeah, poor goalkeeping, poor defending, really. Just a, a very poor goal to concede, as just was this, Charles. Yeah, I mean, Wilkes got the ball and he, and he had... He probably had enough time to eat his Sunday dinner by the time we we, we would have closed him down. He, he had so much time on the ball. So, yeah, and obviously shot and deflected in. So And then we were behind and we deserved to be behind. Um, and, of course, it had to be Wilkes as well. It had to be someone we, yeah. you know, got rid of out of the academy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just not brilliant, but, yeah. yeah and Wilkes mad. always seems to have really good games against Leeds United as well. He's, he always seems to be up for it against his former club, Leeds United, does Malik Wilkes. But, um but yeah, Hull City deservedly won a up really after five minutes. Uh, yeah, Leeds, as we were saying, you know, poor all night. Defending was poor. And and Casilla as well, he was especially poor. Now, we did make some good saves, but overall he had a poor game. And, you know, the attack was decent. We didn't really create too many chances, but I felt the attack was fine. It's just we struggled to create, you know, to get any control in that midfield and in defence. And I was saying uh, in the group chat, wasn't that Charles, get Pascal Sturrick on and get Calvin Phillips on. Just get some more control in defence, even though we're one nil down. I was saying, get a defender on. We need more control in there. And uh, yeah, Stuart did come on at half time, but it didn't really change anything. Hull City were uh, the better team, yeah. But somehow, Leeds United did equalise on the last minute. Alioski uh, with the goal, uh, taking the game to a penalty shootout, and uh, yeah, it was a really good penalty shootout as well. Some uh, some very uh, good quality penalties in the shootout, and it went on for a very long time. But um, yeah, Hull did end up winning. Uh, 9-8 and uh, deservedly too. So Hull City knocking uh, Leeds United out of the uh, cup competition. Now, I must say, Kiko Kassir starting for Leeds and getting the captain's armbands. I don't agree with that. You know, for obvious reasons, I don't think Kiko Kassir should even be at the club, let alone playing. But to start him and get the captain's armband, I thought it was a disgrace, really. What, what about you, Charles? Yeah, I wasn't pleased with it. They also said that the players chose Kassir as captain, so it wasn't a decision of the club. Yeah. Yeah, we expressed our feelings on it. I'm... I'm I don't really want him at the club for for footballing reasons and for yeah. the the reasons that you know have been he got banned for his use of racist language. So yeah, I, I I wasn't pleased to see him in the lineup at all, and I was especially not pleased to see him given the captain's armband. Yeah, yeah, I'd have probably, I'd have, probably, I'd have probably given it to either Douglas or Rodrigo because they're both experienced players. Yeah, I mean, don't think you can really give it to Rodrigo because he's you know a new signing. I, I'd have given it to Bobby Douglas, but. You know, as you said, the players choose, but surely someone's there. You know, there's got to be like, you know, over overrule the decision and, you know, change it and not give Kissy a big captain's armband. I thought that was uh, disgraceful, but we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, now, uh, yeah, Leeds United losing here. Now, the result caused quite a lot of debate on social media amongst Leeds United fans, uh, you know, whether uh, this performance was worrying or not. Um, now, for me, I think it was pretty concerning. Now, of course, the big positive, obviously, is that we've got less games to worry about. But, you know, in these games, it wouldn't have been the first-team players playing anyway. It would have been the fringe players. And, uh, yeah, Alioski uh, admitted in the post-match press conference uh, after the game that, you know, that's now less game time for those fringe players like Alioski. So, yeah, he, he was a bit down about it. Um, and it's one less trophy as well uh, to win now. As I say, less game time. And, you know, the fact that these fringe players, you know, they're, they're our backup players. They're the players who are sitting on the bench in Premier League games and they can't beat. League One side, Hull City. It was a bit concerning for me. It shows that you know we do need strength in depth and probably more signing shells. Yeah, I don't think we should you know blow it too out of proportion. Like I say, there was a lot of changes and the team was really a bit you know pushed together. There wasn't really you know a fluid lineup at all positionally wise, and you can have poor performances. But yeah, I can I can understand what you mean because 
we should be turning them over. I mean, and they they were the better team, so that is slightly worrying. But I don't think, I don't think we should blow it massively out of proportion. I think you can have poor performances, and it will happen during the season. We'll have poor performances in the league this season. Probably in the next few <laughs> next five or six games, there'll be at least one or two poor performances. It's just the way it goes. Just unfortunate that we're we're losing the the cup games, as you say, for the fringe players. But we don't have a midweek game now until December, I think. That should be easier on um, the likes of Rodrigo and um, Alioski will be kind of heavily involved in, you know, playing on a, on a, on a league match day. So, there are, yeah, the positives and negatives to, to the, uh, getting knocked out of the Cup. But it is the EFL Cup, the, the Carabao Cup, I should say. So it's not exactly the, the best competition we, <laughs> we're involved yeah. in this season. Yeah. So I'm not too I'm not too gutted about it. Losing yeah. to Hull was a bit annoying though, because I I don't want to play <laughs> Hull anymore. Yeah, I, I really yeah. wanted to beat Hull City. I, I I'm not really a big fan of Hull City. I, I I did really want to beat them, but it just seemed like we didn't really try. But yeah, you know I, I'm pretty disappointed that we lost. But you know it's not it's not that gutting. You know it's less you know less games now, and yeah, we didn't have to go down to West Ham midweek as well. So um yeah, I guess that's. No, a bit of positives, but there is some negatives there, such as fringe players not being able to beat League One Hull City. So, yeah, maybe some strengthening needed, but um, yeah, overall probably not. Probably don't look into it too much. Just yeah, Paul Manite really, Paul Manite. Um, I guess Ian Pervedo, though, I do want to say he looked really good. So that's uh, one big positive there. Well, moving on, uh, let's now look back at what was a, a much better game really uh, last Saturday's four-three victory over Fulham at Ellen Road. Uh, Leeds United picking up their first Premier League win uh, of the season. Uh, another seven-goal thriller, Charles. And uh, yeah, this game was very entertaining, to say the very least. Yeah, it was um, once again a, a very entertaining game for the neutral. It wasn't any good for my blood pressure watching it. Um, <laughs> w- 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 watching the updates roll in from Twitter and then watching it back again after it finished. Yeah, it was... I mean, attacking-wise, we're looking we're looking phenomenal. We're looking really looking really fluid. Patrick Bamford appears to be doing his usual thing, which is playing out of his skin whenever we sign another striker. <laughs> so, yeah, and and we look and Helder Costa obviously is um, started the season fantastically as well. They're getting a lot more time on the ball in in the Premier League than they are in the Championship because the Premier League's nowhere near as physical. So yeah, well, I think we're seeing the kind of the best of our attacking players at the moment. Defensively, we're looking dodgy. We're looking yeah. leaky. We're looking any other e words. We're, we're not looking. <laughs> we're not looking great at all. We need to sort of tighten up. Otherwise, we're going to get seriously punished by uh, by somebody. Probably Man City in the next few games are going to hugely turn us over if we don't tighten up. Yeah, one hundred percent. I put out on uh, Twitter at the weekend. Um, you know, it's a good thing we can score goals because defensively we are all over the place. And I was saying, you know, the positive to take from this game is we scored four goals. That's seven goals in in the first two games of the Premier League season. That's good. You know, way better than last season where we could barely score a goal. We, we seem to be scoring every chance now this season. So that's good. Seven goals in the first two games. But the negatives is we've conceded seven goals in the first two games. So it's a bit concerning, you know. So if the goals dry up and we're still conceding goals for fun, yeah, it's a, it's slightly concerning, isn't it, Charles? Yeah, it's not not the best. But if we keep being as efficient as this all season, then I think we're going to be onto a very good thing. But <laughs> as you say, it will dry up eventually. So we do need to be tight at the back. Just... We're making we're making silly mistakes at the moment as well. There's been a lot of yeah. silly mistakes. Yeah, definitely. Can be easily easily cut out. Yeah, one hundred percent. We we do need a need to uh, tighten up at the back, really. Um, and yeah, as as you're saying, you know, it, it wasn't really too good for, for my blood pressure either. You know, it, although it's nice to watch a seven goal thriller and it's great for the neutrals. I wouldn't mind a boring one or two nil victory from time to time. So um, 
Uh, but no, Leeds United do look, uh, you know, great value for money this season. Uh, but yeah, one change uh, from the Liverpool game for this game, uh, Captain Liam Cooper came straight back into defence to replace Pascal Sturrock, who uh, dropped to the bench, uh, and it was expected, really. Uh, Rodrigo came into the starting eleven late on as uh, Pablo Hernandez picked up a groin strain in the uh, warm-up, and uh, he will be out for uh, up to two weeks. Uh, Marcel Bios has uh, confirmed, which uh, isn't too good. Uh, hopefully, Hernandez recovers well and uh, quickly. Uh, will we miss Pablo Hernandez uh, much, do you think? Yes, because I don't think we've got anybody who does his job nearly as well as he does his job. And I don't think Rodrigo... Um, Tyler Roberts occasionally has good games there, but I always prefer Tyler Roberts playing it up front in the number nine role. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Rodrigo can play that can play that role, really. He didn't seem to be... Other than a few nice touches here and there, he didn't really get into the game. That's why he came off at half-time. And he also went with Tyler Roberts for the second half. He is, a, he is a big loss and we do need to find somebody to replace him fairly quickly because another club are interested in signing another another midfielder. But we, are, we the moment we seem to be linked to a lot of defensive midfielders, <laughs> not these deep lying playmakers. It's like we don't yeah. really need that. <laughs> or you know, or, you know, wingers. It's like we've got loads of wingers at the club, but we actually need is a number ten. But um, yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed with uh, with Pablo dropping out, but in the end we won the game, so I'm not too yeah. good in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, I must say, you know, we will miss Pablo Hernandez because, you know, he is a good player. But, I mean, he was fairly quiet against Liverpool. So, but, you know, regardless, you know, we will miss Pablo Hernandez. So, hopefully he does recover uh, well and uh, and quickly. And as you say, Rodrigo came off at halftime for Tyler Roberts. So, you know, Rodrigo didn't really have a great game. So, um, so yeah, probably a number 10 is needed. We'll get on to all the transfers uh, later on in the show. Uh, but, yeah, great start for Leeds in this game. Held Costa putting Leeds 1-0 up. Uh, after five minutes uh, as a corner uh, was delivered into the box, the ball fell to Costa, who was unmarked at the back post. And uh, yeah, he smashed it in off the uh, crossbar. A very, uh, a very good finish, Charles. Yeah, it was one of those goals that looked really cool in slow motion because he kind of hits it <laughs> on the half volley as it bounces back up. So it, look, it, it looks really good. He put, he, put, he put some power into it and going one up on five minutes is just, I mean, it should calm the game right down, but it didn't. So that's what we get on to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, one nil up after five minutes. Great start for Leeds. And, uh, you know, Fulham, they caused, you know, some trouble, but, you know, not too much Leeds were very good off the ball, kept Fulham quiet. But that was uh, until the 33rd minute uh, when Fulham were awarded a penalty by referee Anthony Taylor um, after Robin Cock uh, slid in on uh, Brian in the box. Uh, Mitrovic stepped up and scored the penalty to make it 1-1. Uh, but Charles, was, was this a penalty in your opinion? Not for me, because he, he slides in and then he pulls out. And Joe Bryan has about three seconds to avoid hitting his legs and continues to run. And he, he actually moves towards his legs to make sure he's fouled. So he, yeah. he could have easily jumped the foul in the time he got, uh, because he got pulled out of it. So he could have easily avoided it. I know players are a bit, you know, more dishonest these days. And what's that these days? They've always been fairly dishonest. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to find penalties wherever they can because they know VAR will pick it up. So yeah, in real time, it looked bad on it, but, for me, when you when you see it sort of slow down, he, he deliberately runs into his legs. He has he has the time yeah. to either move out of the way or jump over. So, yeah, not for yeah. me. I mean, in in my opinion, I think it was a penalty. Obviously, you know, I'd I'd prefer this not to be given a penalty. You know, I think ten years ago, if you know, if this happened, it wouldn't have been a penalty. But I think you know, in this day and age, I think, yeah, it, it is a penalty for me. You know, cocky, he slid in clumsily, really. Um, and he did make contact. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, you know, it was, I think it was just stupid decision from Cock just to go sliding in willy-nilly. Yes, he did try to pull out, but he still made contact. So, yes. Yeah, in my opinion, I, I think it was a penalty. Uh, but, yeah, that's now two penalties Cock's given away in the, in the uh, first two games. 
Um, I are you convinced by Cock yet? I, I, I you know, are you convinced? Are you, are you confident with him yet? Do you, do you think he will? Uh, do you think he will come good? That's a hell of a sentence. That am I convinced <laughs> by him? <laughs> I thought he actually, other than the penalty, which was just you know a rush up onto the head and seemed a bit ridiculous. I thought he had a much better game in this game than in Liverpool game. I thought I was I was more impressed with his general play, and I think it's getting there. I just think we need to. I think we just need a couple more games, maybe five or six games in, and we'll, the defensive unit will be will be more settled, and we'll, um, especially given we, we'll, as we're going to talk about the new, the new signing in a bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think once the defense settles down, I think it'll be okay. But yeah, he's got to, when Brian gets the ball there, he, he he should just he's not even running at the. It was like the one that um, Stoke gave away, you know, in the five nil uh, win last season, where he's yeah. not running towards the goal at all, and all you have to do is jockey him you know, towards the byline while everyone else gets back in position. He, he could have just jockeyed him while, while everyone else reset. But no, oh, if you're going to slide in, you have to get the ball in yeah. the box uh, in the Premier League because you get punished every time. And I mean yeah. every time. And you get punished for, for some things, in my opinion, which aren't even penalties in the Premier League. So you've got to be very, very careful. I think he just needs that bit more awareness and anticipation. And I'm sure a couple of games will have that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He just needs to cut out the, you know, the silly mistakes, really. I think overall, you know, he is pretty solid. And, you know, up until this point, I thought Cock was having a really, really uh, good game, to be fair. You know, he forced the keeper into a good save from a corner uh, with a diving header. He was, like, leaning back, diving header. Really good effort, really. Um, And then uh, defensively as well, uh, Hector, uh, he almost had a free header in the box, but... Cock got back well to uh to uh, put him off. So yeah, I thought Cock was doing okay in the game up until that point. But um, you no, know, yeah, I, I do think over time, you know, Cock will come good. And you know, especially now we've got strong competition from the uh, new signing uh, Diego Lavente. So um, yeah, that that should only uh, make make things uh, better. And, you know, make make players improve with strong competition. Uh, yeah, we'll get into the, uh, that a lot more later on in the show. Uh, but yeah, Leeds were awarded the penalty off the run on a uh, 40 minutes uh, as Brian tapped Bamford in the back. Uh, now, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'd prefer if none of these penalties were given, but, you know, in this day and age, I think it was a penalty. Brian did tap Bamford on the back. So I guess contact there, yeah, I think it was a penalty, judging by other penalties that are given uh, nowadays. Um, and yeah, Massage Click, he stepped up and uh, scored, as he always seems to do from the penalty spot, uh, to score uh, his second Premier League goal in as many games and give Leeds a 2-1 lead at half-time. Uh, five minutes into the second half, Leeds United were 3-0 up. Uh, click here, playing a lovely ball through to uh, Patrick Bamford, who took a really nice first touch and, uh, yeah, slotted it past the keeper. A really, really good finish from Bamford here. Two goals in two games for him as well. Unbelievable stuff from Bamford. He, you know, silencing all the critics he is. Yeah, I mean, it's click on the ball and he spots... Um... Bamford's kind of exploited like a huge amount of space between Fulham's centre half and the right back. He kept well on side, so it's um, it's just a superb bit of movement for him. From him, he says his second goal in two games, but both of them on his weak foot, which yeah. last season he couldn't he couldn't score from without being very close to the goal. Yeah, but he yeah perfect run, perfect um, bot from click, and a, a really good finish inside the far post from Bamford and. Um, as you were saying earlier about the um, our penalty, I thought that it reminded me of you know the one that Fulham got against us at Craven Cottage last season, where uh, yes. Ben White kind of slightly leaned into Mitrovic and it was given yeah. as a penalty randomly. So yeah, I didn't think ours was a penalty either. <laughs> For me, it should have stayed one nil. But yeah, three one goal was good, and then we scored a couple of minutes after it to make it four one. At that point, 
I was convinced that we would either go on and you know score <laughs> a fifth and a sixth, or we would just you know keep the four one that that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, fifty seven minutes, uh, we made it four one, and yeah, a really good goal uh, as well. Bamford finding Helder Costa, who was free in the box, and a really good finish from Helder Costa to grab a, to grab here his brace. Uh, but yeah, on sixty two minutes, Bobby Reed scored for Fulham, smashing it into the uh, far right corner to make it four two, and then five minutes later, Mitrovic made it four uh, three with a header. And yeah, I mean, what what happened there, Charles? What do you, what do you think happened? Was it just complacency when we went four 0 up? You know, we're thinking, yeah, before we're up after you know fifty seven minutes, we're cruising here, we can lay back a bit, and then oh no, we, we've conceded two goals. Do you think it was just a bit of complacency? Yeah, it was complacency. I mean, our our fourth. I just want to talk about that briefly for a second. It's great distribution from Meslier, which is then obviously nodded on by by Jack Harrison, and Bamford does that weird kind of um, step over thing and hits him with a burst of pace, which, which means he gets away down that down our left-hand side. And uh, yeah, just held across as an absolute free effort, a goal from about, I don't know, 20 yards out, just slams it in, great goal. Uh, their, their second, the Bobby Reed goal, is poor defending from us. If you, yeah. if you watch it back, Liam Cooper is out of position, way out of position, about, you know, 10 yards out of position too far forward because um, he thinks Calvin Phillips is, is going to lose the battle there with Ang- Ang- I think it would be Anguissa, his name is, in Fulham's midfield. And Stuart Dallas is far too late to spot Bobby Reed's run into the middle. And then, for me, Besley should do better with a shot. I think it's close enough to him that he possibly could have saved it. To be honest, I think defensively, Stuart Dallas had a appalling game. I thought going forward it was okay, but both their goals from up and play coming down his side. It's a cross whipped in from, from Dallas's side and uh, Meslier loses the cross. I don't know whether he loses it in the sunshine or or just loses it in general, but he, he loses it. And um, Mitrovic has got just got an easy header at the at the far post. And then at 4 3, I was getting you know considerably worried that we were going to screw it up. But yeah, and then after that, we see, it seemed to shock us back into you know defending like professional footballers. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of, um, you know, slowed it down and, and ground it out and made sure. That after that, the only real effort they had was that one where, I don't know who was it, ran from deep for Fulham. He just ran from deep and shot like miles over the bar. But that was that was pretty much their only chance in like the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And yeah, it, it was it was disappointing because we just, we got caught out with really, you know, sloppy defending for our goals. We, we let ourselves down there, I think. And um, yeah. particularly with the, with the Bobby Reid goal, because Mitrovic is a good striker and, He's an exceptional header of the ball, even if he is, you know, a bit of a shithouse. Um, so <laughs> I, I can kind of excuse them ones, even though I think Mesley should do slightly better with the cross. But the Bobby, yeah, Re- but the Bobby Reed one is it's just it's just a case of people not paying attention, ball watching, and being out of position. And those kind yeah. of goals are very, very avoidable. Those are the kind of goals that we score against other teams, you know, when they're not, you know, not paying attention properly, and we just take advantage of it. So yeah, that was that was very avoidable. Yeah, it was a very, uh, you know, incredibly disappointing, really, because we were forming up, we were cruising, and uh, you know, deservedly forming up as well. We were miles the better team, but uh, yeah, just conceded two sloppy goals, really. But um, yeah, disappointing. We should have won by by two or three goals, but you know, it was four three. It was a lot closer than. And it should have been really. We made a very hard work of that. And uh, yeah, it was very nervy for the you know, for the last twenty or you know twenty five minutes or so defending that one goal lead. But yeah, Leeds did manage to hold on to uh, to win four three. Uh, another seven goal thriller. Uh, yeah, as I say, Leeds look great value for for money this season. Though yeah, I don't think I can take seven goal thrillers every single game. Um, <laughs> but you know, there is some positives. You know, we did score four goals. Bamford scored again, which is great. You know, Bamford, you know, breeding with confidence, and he also got a an assist as well, which is uh, which is a really good. And yeah, Bamford, 
uh, only scored one goal in 27 Premier League games until this season. And now Phil Leeds, two games, two, two Premier League goals. So, yeah, incredible. Bamford just... Yeah, in a rich, rate, rich vein of form at the moment. Yeah, very, uh, very good stuff from uh, Patrick Bamford. Hopefully, yeah, uh, he does keep it up. And you know, you, you do think as well, Rodrigo. He's probably not going to get in this team anytime soon, is he? It's the thing. We signed Eddie and Ketia. Bamford kept his place because as soon as we signed Ketia, he started playing well. We signed Augustine, and then Bamford started playing, uh, you know, fairly well for the rest of the season and kept his place. And now we signed Rodrigo. And as soon as we sign him, Bamford hits a rich fan of form. It seems to happen. It seems. I feel like we're just signing players at this point to just kind of annoy Bamford into actually scoring goals for us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know it's the power of having competition there all of a sudden. You know, if you, you know, if Bamford was only competing against Ryan Edmondson, he's of course going to start every single game. But you know, Rodrigo here, Champions League uh, experience, La Liga experience, very good player, twenty-seven million pound and. Bamford's thought, all right, I, I need to play here and, and score here, even with my weak foot as well. So, um, see, he, he's doing really well, Bamford. Hopefully, you just keep it up. Uh, but yeah, 4 3 victory uh, to Leeds, uh, the first win um, of the season, some points on the board. Uh, and yeah, the first Premier League win for 16 years, which is great. And um, now I did put out a poll on Twitter, as I do after every match, asking for people's man of the match. And uh, Helder Costa uh, won the poll by, uh, by a landslide with uh, 57%. Uh, Patrick Bamford got 26%, Click got 11%, and Calvin Phillips got 6%. Yeah, Helder Costa, very, very good, and uh, yeah, Bamford as well. Who, who was man of match for you in this game? i got to give it to Paddy. I, yeah. I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sensational, really. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think he's the best player on the pitch. Yeah. I know, obviously, yeah, Costa got two goals, and Bamford got, uh, got, only got one, but he got the assist as well. And I thought, generally, we were much better when he when he, when he was playing. I think when he came off, we started to um, struggle a bit more, as we did in the Cardiff game last season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for me, Patrick Bamford was man of the match. You know, led the line really well. Got a goal, got got an assist. So, yeah, I thought it was really good this, uh, in this game. And, uh, yeah, a lot of positives to take. You know, a few negatives because we conceded three goals. But, yeah, a lot of positives to take from this 4-3 victory. Um, yeah, that three points puts us in 10th place in the Premier League at the time that we are recording. And uh, we are above Manchester United and Chelsea currently. Uh, the first time since September the 14th, 2002, that Leeds United have found themselves above both Man United and Chelsea in the Premier League table. Uh, so yeah, a very, a very nice sight to see. Very nice sight to see, really. And uh, you know, three points off the top of the league, which is a, uh, which is really good. But you know, it is only after two games, so I can't really look into that too much. Did you get that off stats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it off stats. Thank you yeah, to yeah. LUFC stats on Twitter. Andrew Dalton, otherwise known. Um, but yeah, it's great looking at Premier League table, seeing us comfortably in mid table. It's great seeing that. Um, and yeah, it was a historic Premier League uh, weekend as well, as uh, 44 goals were scored, making it the highest scoring Premier League weekend ever. Yeah, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Hopefully more of the same this weekend. Uh, Leeds United, of course, move on to Sunday's Yorkshire Derby against Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane. We will we'll preview that game later on in the show. <laughs> Well, let's now have a look at uh, how the Leeds United under-23s have uh, done uh, recently and uh, they drew to all with Wolves last week in their second PL2 game of the campaign. Of course, newly managed by uh, former under-18s coach Mark Jackson. Uh, The under-23s were 2-0 up at half-time but could only draw 2-2. But some points on the board though, which is... uh, yeah, very decent stuff. And uh, Joe Geldhart and Sam Greenwood scored uh, for the in 23 So, yeah, very good stuff there, really. Um, and unfortunately, the uh, Leeds United uh, women lost last Sunday, uh, falling to a late 2-1 defeat uh, against Norton. <laughs> 
Let's now have a look at some news and we'll start with some transfer news. And uh, on Thursday, Leeds United uh, announced the signing of a defender, a Spanish defender Diego Lorente from the Liga side Real Sociedad for free, around £18 million. Pounds. Uh, the 27-year-old has signed a four-year deal at Ellen Road running until the summer of 2024 and he will wear the number 14 shirt and now this name came out from absolutely nowhere really uh, on Tuesday Sky Sports were reporting that we were close to a deal for Lorente and that was the first time we had heard of of this move um, and then the likes of Phil Hay and Graham Smith and other journalists were reporting uh, on the move uh, so you know you, you started to think alright this is actually going to happen uh, and yeah it, it was all done very very quickly reported on Tuesday Confirmed on Thursday. It all happened very, very quickly. So Leeds United keeping their uh, cards very close to uh, their chest. And uh, yeah, Lorente is, of course, the uh, alternative option to 18-year-old uh, Dinamo Zagreb defender uh, Josko Cavardiol, uh, who will not be coming to Leeds United now. Uh, but Lorente, very good signing. Got plenty of La Liga experience um, and uh, has played for Spain as well. Um, yeah, it's a good signing, Giles. Good signing. First of all, I'm going to have to be pedantic because he's Spanish. It should be pronounced Llorente because it's double L. <laughs> I did that to annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a good player, it seems like, anyway, from what I've, from what I've seen of him. I mean, I've heard of him. I've heard a little bit about him before. But, you know, I haven't had much reason to look into him because there's not often you look up random players from Spain's national squad, is there? <laughs> So, yeah, but he does seem like a, a decent player. He's had a bit of trouble with a, with injury earlier in last season, but he seems to be at his peak more or less at 27. Because as a defender, your peak's kind of 27 to 29, really. So, uh, that's what Victor Orton said as much. So, we're kind of get hopefully going to get the best of him. And there'll be a lot more competition for that right centre-half role, because that's his preferred position, his, his right-hand yeah. side centre-half. So, it'll be between him and Robin Cock, two new signings for the, for the same position, <laughs> which I thought was a bit strange. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased because I, th- I thought I've always thought we were short on centre halves, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm I'm pleased we got another defender. I personally would have signed a left back, not a centre half. <laughs> yeah, because I think Shurik would probably be sufficient cover. But I just want to say I'm not pleased to see him because I think, as we were saying earlier, competition is a good thing and it will hopefully push the defence on to uh, to play as well as, as they possibly can. Yeah, 100. percent You know, strong competition here. He's a good player, uh, ideal for Leeds United. Really, he's got good pace. A good uh, player on the ball, pass as well. He can play uh, central defensive midfield as well if needed. So, um, yeah, it's very versatile, very decent player for Leeds United. Will suit Bielsa's system perfectly. And, uh, yeah, he did say, you know, uh, when, he, when he arrived that, uh, you know, Bielsa was a big factor. So, yeah, the Bielsa factor doing us doing as well here in the Premier League, as we were expecting, really. But, um, but you know, we, we really did need a centre-back, to be fair. Um, you know, because we only had three centre-backs at the club. <laughs> Robin Cock, Liam Cooper and uh, Pascal Struick, uh, who, you know, Pascal Struick is a youngster, barely played any first-team football. So, you know, we, I think we did need another. Of course, there's still Bavardi, who looks like he is going to sign a new contract, but he is out injured for a long time. So, yeah, we did need a new centre-back and we've uh, got one. So, yeah, a great signing here. And yeah, as I say, uh, the, uh, the alternative to uh uh, Gvardiol, uh, who is not coming. You know, what, what's your thoughts on that? Do, do you prefer having Juventus now um, over the inexperienced defender in, in, in Gvardiol, who, you know, I did say last week, you know, it, it wasn't really a signing that excited me. So, you know, in my personal opinion, I think Juventus has played at the top for many years. So I, I, I do prefer him. Uh, but what are your thoughts? 
I, I think I do prefer Llorente. He's more experienced, far more experienced than he's, he's an established player, whereas Gavardiol's more one for the future. He's, you know, a very decent prospect. He's probably going to sign for that drinks company over in Germany. Those are the rumours anyway. Yep. Abbey Leipzig. Um, so, yeah, I think I do I do prefer Llorente. And I'm not just saying yeah. that because we've actually signed him. I think that his experience will come in handy. And if we were just going to sign another 18-year-old centre-back, then why not put more effort into Pascal Struik, who seems to be that kind of role. And it's taken up that kind of role anyway as the kind of understudy. So, yeah, I'm pleased we've, we've got a more experienced player. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what we need more experience, really. You know, if, we, if we're looking at it realistically, you know, our goal is to stay up in the Premier League and, yeah, experience will certainly go a long way there. Uh, but yeah, it, it does make an interesting dilemma, really. Of course, strong competition, but, you know, Juventus, you know, he doesn't like that left-hand side. He doesn't like playing on the left side of, of the defence. He, you know, he likes that right side, his centre-back. So, so, you know, straight competition for, for Robin Koch here, really. And, you know, will he start ahead of Koch? Does he go straight in? You know, Bielsa said in this press conference this week that Juventus is ready. So, you know, and, and there's no plan either. Bielsa said there's no plan to switch to back three now uh, that we've got Juventus. So, does he go straight in for you? Probably not. I'd give him a, another week or so, maybe next, another couple of games, see how um, Robin Cock does. If the defence doesn't improve, then I'm sure Bielsa will be open to um, making a few changes here and there. So, I think it'll just really depend on how, uh, how well we play in the next couple of games. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get chucked straight in. I mean, he's an eighty million pound defender as well, and uh, Cox only thirty million pounds. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Juventus starting ahead of Cox uh, eventually. But you know, I don't think he will go straight in this weekend. Uh, yeah, I agree. We we'll probably give him a few more weeks just to you know gel a lot more with with the squad really. Uh, but yeah, very good signing there, Diego Levente uh, through the door at Leeds United. Um, as we discussed last week, uh, Leeds United have now uh, confirmed the signing of 18-year-old Dutch uh, winger Crescentio Somerville uh, from Eredivisie side Feyenoord. Uh, he signed a three-year deal running until the summer of 2023. If you want mine and Charles's thoughts on that transfer, then go ahead and listen to uh, last week's podcast. The Rodrigo de Paul transfer, that uh, hasn't progressed anywhere, really. Uh, Leeds United still haven't matched Udinese's uh, asking price as far as we know. And uh, De Paul is getting a lot more involved with Udinese's training and, and, and team. Yeah, it, you know, the longer this goes on, Charles, you're kind of thinking, you know, will this actually happen? I don't think it will. I think there's too much difference between the, the price that they want because they want somewhere between 35 and 40 million euros and what we're willing to pay, which is kind of 25 to 30 million euros. I think there's too much of a difference there. Unless they lower their asking price and um, I can't see it's going back in for him, to be honest. Yeah. I think we'll probably look at some uh, different option. Yeah, same here. Do, do you think we should move on, Dodd, or, or do you or do you think that Ravazani should just put his hand in his pocket and get the money out? Because, you know, DePaul is a good player, but we shouldn't pay more than what we value him for, really, should we? I think if Bielsa really, really wanted him, I think we'd have made more of an effort by now. Yeah. I think we'd have probably put a higher bit, like like we did with, with Ben White, where we were just increasingly putting bids in, because it's clear that Bielsa really wanted him back. But Brian was basically saying absolutely no way. I think if we really, really want, if Bielsa really, really wanted uh, Rodrigo de Paul, I think we'd have we'd have probably bid somewhere in the region of maybe not forty million euros, but you know, thirty-two, thirty-three, something like that. I think we'd have probably bid that by now. So yeah. I think that one's probably probably dead, dead in the water. Yeah, I agree. Of course, it's unfortunate that you know de Paul hasn't come to Leeds yet. You know, it's clear that he wants to come to Leeds. He wants to move, but. Yeah, Leeds United just aren't meeting Udinese's asking price. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but yeah, I think now, you know, we should probably just move on. You know, the transfer window shuts in 
what 18 days or so so um yeah i, I do think we need we, we probably do need to move on really and look for uh, you know a more likely option really um i'll tell you what though I, I do still find it mad how we are you know trying to get players you know like the ball for money like this I, I still find it extraordinary how we're bidding 20 25 or so million pound on a player it's incredible i'm so used to just six years ago you know where we were excited for that one million pound signing of luke murphy getting Nicky or Jose, and now we're getting £27 million Rodrigo and bidding £25 million for uh, DePaul as well. You know, it's insane, isn't it, Charles? That's what all that undeserved TV money gets you. The proper transfer budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another player who's been linked with Leeds United this week is a Manchester United winger, Dan James. Of course, we were linked with Dan James in the January of 2019. It was all done. We've seen it in the documentary, first series of the Amazon documentary. Go watch it if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, we saw it. You know, he signed a contract and, and everything, but Swansea just pulled out at the last minute on deadline day of the uh, January transfer window of 2019. And Dan James did not end up coming to Leeds United. He ended up signing for Manchester United for around £25 million. But uh, yeah, we seem to be back in for him again. And it all depends on what Manchester United do. If Manchester United get replacement, then it's probably more likely to happen. But Dan James, Charles, do you want to go back in for Dan James? Do you think he, he would be a good fit? Or do you think, you know, that's history now. We, we probably should just move on. I don't want us to go and sign him. I don't think we need him. I think he would, he would probably cost us somewhere in the region of 12 to 15 mil. I don't really want him, though, because, as I say, we don't really need any more wingers. Yeah. We've got enough wingers to get by. We need an attacking midfielder and I don't think he can convincingly play attacking midfield so yeah, yeah for me it, it would be a waste of money yeah I agree I mean although it would be a nice addition and if we do sign him I wouldn't argue against it but yeah I, I do think you know that's all past now isn't it you know we, we tried to sign him it didn't happen I think you know just just move on from, from there really but um, you know it's an interesting one Dan James so yeah keep an eye on that one if, if that does that does happen. Uh, now, it isn't just players uh, who Leeds United are bringing in. Uh, players have also departed the club. Uh, 20-year-old winger Jordan Stevens has joined newly promoted League One side Swindon Town on loan until the end of the season. And 20-year-old midfielder Alfie McCalmont has uh, joined League Two side Oldham Athletic on loan until the end of the season as well. Charles, it's good that we're getting rid of the uh, youngsters and you know finding them some much-needed first-team experience. Uh, I, think, I think it's top work from the club there. Yeah, and we, we, we've mentioned that uh, certain youth players probably would benefit from a few loan spells. I mean, they've been, they've been the making of, um, of of some of our players in the past. I mean, talk about Jordan Stevens going to Swindon. James Milner went on loan to Swindon, and look how well he ended up doing. Not that I'm claiming Jordan Stevens is like, like James Milner in any way, but sometimes loan, loan spells really do improve players. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for the youth players to get out on loan. Yeah, so am I. Hopefully they uh, get some much-needed first-team experience and, uh, yeah, come back to Leeds United uh, even better. Um, in terms of other business, this window, Marcel Bielsa said in his press conference this week um, that they are looking for another couple of signings. Uh, Charles, do we need any more signings, in your opinion? And uh, if so, where do you think needs strengthening? What positions? Attacking midfield, centrally-wise. And... I keep saying this, but and I like Stuart Dallas a lot, but another left back. We, we need a left back. I appreciate how adaptable Stuart Dallas is, but he is a right winger playing left back. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really do think we we need a, a proper left back because I think I think Barry Douglas is probably not going to be in the squad next season. I'd be surprised if he's still here next season. So we really do need a proper left back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Barry Douglas. We saw it against Hull City. Is not. He's not great, is he, Barry Douglas? He's not. He's not the same Barry Douglas that we saw at Wolves a few few seasons ago, unfortunately. So yeah, I agree. I think a le- you know a proper good left sided left back is what we need 
<clears throat> you know, Stuart Dallas, I do like him. You know, he's a versatile player, very good player. But as you mentioned, a right winger playing at left back. You know, he had a poor game against Fulham and against Liverpool, Mo Salah scored hat-trick. Mo Salah had the game of his life. So yeah, Stuart Dallas, I think, although I really do like him, I think, yeah, a proper left-sided left-back is probably needed. A number 10 as well, definitely needed. I like Pablo Hernandez, but we've got no competition there. No competition there at all. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, a, a good number 10 to either, you know, replace Pablo or just as a backup, you know, I think uh, would be a, a very good option. And uh, yeah, Kiko say as well, if he ends up leaving, which I hope he does, <laughs> uh, another goalkeeper. But uh, yes, uh, it's promising that Bielsa says that they're looking at a couple more signings. So yeah, that's all good. So yeah, hopefully Leeds United do get some more business done uh, this window. Uh, speaking of Marcel Bielsa's press conference this week, uh, he did say that uh, midfielder Adam Forshaw uh, won't be back for a long time. It's a long process he is out for. So um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for Adam Forshaw, really. It's looking more and more likely that he will never be back. Yeah, I mean, Bielsa's also said that he needs four or five more under 23s games to get back into the swing of it and he has been out for over a year so that kind of does make sense so I'm sure he'll be back eventually and with us signing a new probably going to sign a new centre midfielder at some point yeah it, it might be difficult for him to get into the squad or, or onto the bench but we'll, we'll see yeah I, I do hope he, you know, he is back at some point you know, he is a good player good squad player really He's always a, a decent option, especially, you know, if Calvin Phillips gets injured. You know, I think Adam Forshaw fits that role quite well. So um, it'll be good to see him back soon. But um, yeah, it's just unfortunate he's, he's still not recovered. You know, it's really weird, wasn't it? It was around this time last year, wasn't it? You know, September, October time, uh, that Barnsley away game. Before that, Bielsa said Adam Forshaw is going to be back in, you know, in a few games' time. And yeah, he just hasn't returned since then. So, um, so yeah, it's really unfortunate Adam Forshaw. Hopefully he does, you know, recover well and, well and uh, you know, quickly. Uh, I do wish him the best of luck kind of for sure but uh yeah be also there saying for sure we'll be out for for a little bit longer um in other news uh the plan for fans uh to be back in football grounds in the uk on october the 1st has been pushed back uh it's looking more and more unlikely that we will see football in stadiums this season unfortunately um Moving on, take us home. Leeds United Season 2 uh, was released on Amazon uh, Prime Video Sports uh, last week on Thursday, the 17th of September. Uh, two 45-minute long episodes in this season, and it is very good, so I do recommend uh, watching it. Charles and I will be doing a full review of Season 2 of Take Us Home, Leeds United, very soon. And uh, finally, for those who are interested, uh, sadly, Ellen Road will not be in FIFA 21 on a launch day when it launches on October the 9th. Uh, but EA has said that, you know, there will be a future update and Ellen Road will be in it. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait, unfortunately. We'll uh, just have to wait. Well, let's now have a look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which is against Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane this Sunday. It's a 12pm kickoff live on BT Sport. Uh, Charles, what are you expecting heading into this uh, Yorkshire derby? It should be a good game, shouldn't it? So yeah, it's the first Yorkshire derby, I think, in nine, uh, 19 years in the Premier League. Something like that, anyway. Um, yeah, the, the battles between Wilder and Bielsa in the Championship were, were interesting, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing them again. I think we'll uh, we'll give them a good game. Obviously, John Egan's a spend for them, which is good news for us, with that mm-hmm. incredibly dodgy um, red card against Villa, which I'm really not sure how that was a red card, to be honest. Looked very soft to me, but, you know, we'll take it. Ethan Ampadu's probably going to replace him in their back three. He's a... Um, they got him from Chelsea. I recognise him from, you know, FIFA and football manager. He always is one of them <laughs> players you sign on there. Not that that's, that's how you should judge a player, but he is a Chelsea um, youth player. And uh, he does seem to have had a really good game against Villa. So I can see him coming um, into the starting lineup for um, for John Egan. Obviously, Billy Sharp loves a goal against us. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a good tactical battle. I'm 
I'm just hoping we can uh, we can turn them over and because yeah. they they have lost their first two games of the season. Obviously, they're at Bramall. We're playing it at Bramall Lane, so they'll want to pick up three points. So we're hoping go there. I think either a draw or a win might be controversial. This I think either a draw or a win would be a good result here because we are away yeah. and they are obviously been in the league a year longer than we do. Uh, then we have the more established and they're a good team. I would take a draw. Um, yeah. I'm obviously ho- I'm hoping for the win, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I'd certainly say it's a winnable game. This one, would you not say it's a, it's another must win, Dale? Let's say it's a must win in a, in a way that. You know, Fulham and Villa and West Brom are because um, I think that they are going to be around the foot of the table. I think Sheffield United are probably going to be. I don't think they're going to be as good as last season. I think they're going to be lower mid table this season. Some people are predicting them to go down. I don't think they'll go down, but mm-hmm. I just don't think they'll play as well. Yeah, I don't. I won't say it's a must win. I would be content with a draw. I'll put it like yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so would I. Uh, but you know, as you mentioned, Chris Balder, Sheffield United, they, they haven't had a great start to the season. They've lost the first two Premier League games so far. Uh, they lost 2 0 at home to Wolves on the opening day of the season. And uh, then they lost 1 0 away at Aston Villa last Monday. Um, so on paper, you know, it, it does look like a winnable game for Leeds United, but Sheffield United did finish ninth in the Premier League last season. Um, you know, they're still a tough team to beat. So Leeds, you know, we will have to be on top of our game, won't we, to, uh, to pick up the three points there? Yeah, I think we're going to have to play very, very well and not let ourselves be too defensively stretched. They're not scoring that much at the moment, and we are. That, that was the good news. So yeah. hopefully we can carry the, the first couple of games' conversion rate into this game and take our chances when they come along. Yeah, hopefully. What team lineup will, do, you, do you think you know will, will be us put out in this game? What, what what team do you think will be unchanged from that Fulham game, or do you think Juventa should go straight in? Do you think Rodrigo should start? What's your, what's your team lineup? I will, yeah, I'd probably go with the, the, the same lineup that that started the game against Fulham. I don't think we should need to make any drastic changes. Yeah, would I'd, be win number 10 then? Yeah, I probably would do. I'd give him another chance. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I would do, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, would be going there. And if it doesn't work out, then we can always bring Tyler Roberts on. So, uh, see, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I'd say unchanged. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see you enter, you know, start. But yeah, I think unchanged from that, from that Fulham win. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, Leeds have a, a you know a fairly average record against Sheffield United, I'd say. Uh, in the last 13 meetings, Leeds have won 2-3 drawn three, and lost 8. Uh, in the last 8 meetings, uh, we've lost 4-1-2 and drawn 2. Uh, the last meeting, of course, uh, we lost 1-0 at El Road um, on March the 16th, 2019. But before that, on our last visit to Bramall Lane, we beat Sheffield United 1-0 thanks to a goal from Pablo Hernandez on December the 1st, 2018. Uh, now, before that win at Bramall Lane in 2018, we hadn't won away at Bramall Lane since the 26th of April, 1992. So, are you confident then into this game? What's your score prediction here? Do you think we can win the game? I think we can win the game. Whether or not we've... I'm going to go for a 2 all draw. You know what? I can see a draw as well and I'd be happy with a draw, but I'll go uh, 1-0 to Leeds United. I'll go 1-0 to Leeds United. Here's a question. I saw the uh, I saw Talk Sport talking about this. Who will finish higher this season, do you think? Leeds United or Sheffield United? Sheffield United, of course, finished ninth in the Premier League last season. We're newly promoted. Who do you think will finish higher? It's 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 a difficult question, this, because I think we'll finish at similar, you know, similar level. I think we'll both be lower mid-table. So uh I'm gonna back us here. I'm gonna back my own club <laughs> Yeah, I mean I agree with you. You know, it is difficult. You know, I think we will both be in mid-table lower mid-table, you know, 13th, 14th, you know, that kind of way. But, uh, yeah, I'll back Leeds. I, I reckon we'll finish above. I think second season syndrome, they won't go down, but Sheffield United will certainly uh, struggle this season, I do think. So, um, uh, so yeah, an interesting game uh, this weekend uh, away at Sheffield United. Hopefully, Leeds United can pick up the three points. 
Well, that does bring us to the end of episode 75 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. No worries, mate. Glad to be on. Yep, thank you for thank you for joining me, mate. And uh, thank you as well to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, really do uh, appreciate uh, the support. Uh, if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening on there, share the podcast around as well. Uh, it really does help us out. We uh, do very much appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leads on a... Uh, on social media we are on facebook uh instagram and twitter search poor things leads one on twitter and instagram search poor things leads on facebook and subscribe to the all things leads youtube channel as well if you have not already uh charles and i we will be back next week uh so for now take care stay healthy stay safe and we will speak to you soon <laughs>